You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom Rachel. I'm Aprom Kivalevich. This is On Principle, Challenges in Jewish Education. And I'm here with my sort of regular uh, guest. I wouldn't call you my co-host yet, although I'm hoping you will agree in some fashion. Uh, as our podcast expands and the platform grows, uh, it can only be with shame with the Ferris. And I'm talking, of course, about Rabbi John Kroll, principal of Salanter Akiva Riverdale High School in Riverdale, the Bronx, New York. John, I hope you're having a great uh, Thanksgiving Eve. Um, I don't know, were your, bears, were, were your Bears playing today? Bears, uh, bears are playing on Sunday. Bears are playing on Sunday. The... Uh... You know, don't worry. The uh, divisional um, rivals, the Lions, did lose today to Houston, so that was good news for the Bears. Although we are hoping, of course, the Bears finish uh, the season five and eleven, so that they could get a decent draft pick. But that's another story. Well, we'll um, see. It is, we'll it is an honor. Yeah, it is an honor to be here, and um, this was the first I heard about the possibility of being a co-host, and I'm very excited for that possible opportunity <laughs> if that future holds for at some point. But it's great yes. to be here. Yes, and being the co-host will give you a lot more editorial control, so you you'll enjoy. It. <laughs> I, okay. Yeah, and you never know what sort of perks you might get from it, John. You know, okay. I remember I, re- I remember when I used to read the New York Times on a regular basis, not just watch, read it off of my phone. And I remember after uh, Thanksgiving, there was a column that appeared: "Give to the most neediest," and they would encourage people uh, to start helping people from the time of Thanksgiving to the time of Christmas, when it was a time to think about those who had much less than you, people who were comfortable in what they made to contribute. And of course, the Times as a way of patting people on the back would would actually print the numbers of the Nadvonim, uh, the names of Nadvonim who gave. And this was a wonderful effort by the Ox Salzberger family to encourage giving and tzedakahs at this time of the year. And obviously with COVID, and in the situation that's, that surrounds us, giving is even more essential, despite the fact that people have so much less. So we all know, John, uh, you and I both know, having had kids in the system and, and being, of course, you being the principal and, and I, of course, working in the system so many years. And one of the major expenses, almost the major expense for the American Jewish family is the tuition that it pays for their children. Um, I know that uh, American uh, families, Orthodox families, are, are I wouldn't say that they're a, a fount of fertility, but they have a lot of kids, right? Four or five kids is not, even in a modern Orthodox family, it's, it's quite normal, five, six kids going to school. And then if they want to go to a school similar to yours, which, you know, we, we joke around about it, but it's a top tier school. Everyone knows SAR, Frisch, Ramaz. These are schools where the full tuition is above $30,000 a year, the full tuition. Um, and I guess what I'm thinking about is the needy, the, the kids who sit there like, again, using a Christmas metaphor, with their nose pressed to the candy store window. And they see the music teacher in SAR. They see the plays they can be part of. They see the open... Uh, areas and the beautiful uh, classrooms and the and the great library and and everything that that is available for them 
and, and they say, mommy, daddy, get, I, I'd love to go to that school. That's the school of my dreams. And yet the dad is a greengrocer. The mom is, has had issues why she can't work. They're barely making it. And the, in many ways, what they want is what you create in such a great fashion, which is an education, an environment, but they push it. I'll use yeshiva language. They push it, can't afford it. They push it. 30,000, 34,000, that's totally impossible for them. Maybe, maybe they can get, they can scrape something by. Um, what happens to those needy kids? What happens, again, you've been involved in many schools. What happens to them? I, convince me that they're not shut out from the possibility of the education you have to offer. Okay, so first of all, you, you, you are touching upon what is like the number one sort of uh, table conversation um, it's around Shabbos tables when we used to be able to have meals with lots of people on Shabbos. Inevitably, that was like number one conversation of parents uh, with, eight, with, with day school children. Uh, for me personally, it always became that awkward part of the conversation when they would start to say things like, yeah, there are too many administrators. They forget who's at the table on Shabbos. There's too many administrators in those schools or those administrators get paid too much money. And I'd sort of like, you know, <clears throat> clear my throat and like try to, you know, uh, you know, very sheepishly draw attention to myself. Um, but uh, you know, undoubtedly, this is a major issue and there's a lot of different possible you know, solutions that are on the table. Um, and that perhaps we can go there in a second, but let's look at the question as you asked it about needy children. Um, different schools have different sorts of policies. I can tell you what, the way things work at SAR is interesting. Um, a, a good portion, close to 50% of the student body is on scholarships, on tuition assistance. And the people who get tuition assistance get a wide range from just a little bit off to, you know, very significant, um, you know, very generous um, kind of awards for tuition. So that the, our assumption, again, I don't sit on the tuition assistance committee. I do not know um, how, which, again, I, I have a sense, but I do not know. I do not have, I don't have, I do not look at or have access to that information intentionally so um, as to who are, who's paying what and what the tuition assistance awards are. I don't want to know that. I don't want that to color the way I interact with, uh, with parents and with children, um, you know, but I'll, I will tell you in my 24 years, only one in Chinuch, only once has somebody said to me, um, uh, only once I've only once I've had a conversation with a parent where a parent said to me, I'm a full payer and I want to make sure that my daughter gets into that class. And don't you dare let one of the kids who's paying, you know, who's on scholarship go in ahead of it. Only once did I have an obnoxious comment like that. And I was able to kind of like silence that parent, uh, you know, relatively quickly. Um, but the, the bracha, I'd say that we have in, in our school is that there is a generous and fair tuition assistance committee, which meets and reviews. And again, it's, it is an uncomfortable process. Undoubtedly, anytime you have to show, hand over your tax returns and answer personal questions about your finances and vacations and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's, it is, it is uncomfortable, undoubtedly. Um, at the end of the day, kids do not. Kids you know, Tom, let me just interrupt you for a second with a joke. Um, you, you might get Jared yeah. and Ivanka's kids next. That, that might be a problem. 
Uh, I think they can afford the tuition. Yeah, you don't think they're they gonna have to. to you don't think they're gonna have to. You don't think they're gonna have to reveal their taxes to you. I'm not sure. I, I again, but they should. Uh, they should. Uh, life should be. Life should be good and successful for them and their children, wherever they end up. Okay. I, I, but there were. There was. There was. I think I was reading the paper that they were talking about somewhere maybe. Uh, Living in Bedminster, New Jersey, uh, was the, I think an article I saw in the paper recently. I'm not sure what I'm not sure what yeshivas are, where Bedminster is in New Jersey. Frankly, I'm not, not sure if that's by deal. Is that closer to deal? No, no, no. It's know. actually is it near Duke, you? Maybe it's right? yeah, not that far from me. It's by you, Elizabeth. You could be Maybe yeah. you could be the Malamid of the uh, yeah, Kushner, Kushner. private uh, tutoring. I have to tell you yeah. that I, I have to be, tell, you know, Okay, so I want to tell you from my. You know, we're going to get onto this discussion, but for my twentieth, yes, twentieth. Uh, 40, I forgot what it was, but for my um, uh, anniversary day, I went out with my wife uh, and we drove, mm-hmm. picked up some food and a takeout. We went towards Bedminster and I actually ended up mm-hmm. on the private road of Trump's golf course. And, you know, I was waiting, you know, I didn't wow. realize. So it, it was like a crazy little road. And that was the, the official golf course there in Bedminster. And I ended up, we didn't want to mm-hmm. go inside anywhere. So we ended up pulling it up in front of some abandoned uh, McMansion that was going to pot. You know, it had like a like a, like a, mm. a koi pond in front of it uh, that you know it probably had you know this, this the septic tank water that was. But we stopped over there. We were able to take some some photos. So I was out there in Bedminster, uh, drinking in mm. uh, what what that neighborhood is about and. Uh, it's actually quite nice, really, for the outside. So we shall see. As we did a, as you were talking, I did a quick little Google Map search, and I see it's only an hour or so drive to Lakewood from Bedminster. So okay, there might be opportunities there as well for uh, certain issues. Right. But but other than people like the Trumps and the Kushners who might not want to give their tax returns, uh, yeah. I, I think you you mentioned to me before we started recording that. That you you saw this like as a colonoscopy uh, for for most yeah people. I, I it's it's awful I feel it's 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 terrible but you also understand that that's that is the reality in a school in schools that where the tuition bill is high they need to do that just to make sure that everything everybody is, be, is being on the up and up and, and that it's fair um, and so but my I was guess what I was going to say is that my experience has been that um, there are people who are students who are applying to the school coming from a wide range of socioeconomic backgrounds, um, kids who can pay full tuition and kids who cannot pay full tuition. The ones who cannot pay full tuition come from the possibility of paying almost nothing to paying close to like, you know, full tuition. And there's a wide range there and, this, and that the tuition assistance committee is fair and generous. And once they go through and make a determination as to what they think is appropriate for that family to pay, generally, those families will say, okay, we'll do it. Or they'll appeal and then there'll be another decision. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's an agreement as to how much that, that child is paying. And it's not only um, affluent families who have the kids in the school, although I'd be honest, it definitely leans more affluent than less affluent. Um, that's kind of like, that is part of the demographic problem has to do with also, also ge- geographic location. You know, you're in an area that happens to um, have a higher concentration of wealthier Jews. Now again, chicken egg is a fair question. Is it, you know, are the you know, are the wealthier Jews because they have to be able to afford a tuition or is the, you know, I'm not sure which which direction it goes and I think that's imp- I think that is a question worth um, considering. 
So, so basically, what you're what you're telling me is is that the, even the neediest child, non with not despite their intellectual capacities, meaning they might not be you're you're obviously a wunderkind that you discover like a diamond in the rough somewhere from some tenement house who happens yeah. to be is going to be the next Pasteur, Einstein, or uh, Shaw Lieberman. You're you're gonna you're gonna push through because every you're gonna want to have that kid because everybody's gonna love having that kid and he's gonna be he's gonna do so well. But but the but the average child or even less than average child who just wants to be in your school, the official policy at least of, of SAR and maybe some of the major schools are no one is really denied the chance yeah. to be part not, of the school. Okay. And I think it's, you know, it's not just it's not just like lip service. It's a real thing. You know, they're accepted. They're accepted, but whether. We accept the kid to the school. They're not only accepting Einstein's and uh, Chavitz Chaim's to the school. You're accepting, you know, regular, you know, normal, uh, you know, nice kids who may not be brilliant and may not be, you know, the weakest students. Good old, like, you know, Amcha. Um, those people are very worthy and, like, you know, valued members. And we want those kids. You don't want, you know, it's important. Those kids those kids are coming. Like, again, if that if a kid like you know decided that he or she wanted to go somewhere else and it was not somebody who I thought would be like would really raise the level of the student body, would I go fight for that kid? I wouldn't go fight for that kid. We have, we have Baruch Hashem have a relative have a very full. Um, we don't have enough seats right now, so you know if there's a you know somebody we you know there's a lot of opportunities different school yeshivas for people to go to. Um, that's good for. Yourselves, be more schools, more competition, and more uh, people having different opportunities. I will tell you that one of the things which I think is would be a, a benefit to the school, to the kind of like yeshiva high school world, I think would be, um, you know, some some more lower cost uh, yeshiva high schools. I think that, that that does exist in the, in the in the lower schools, and I think that's like you know an interesting an interesting model. Um, let people let the market sort of. Uh, Make decisions about like what kind of schools there should be. There's, you know, if, if you have a school that has that has lower frills, doesn't have a learning center that allows for kids with learning disabilities to get more support, doesn't have a big athletics program, doesn't have big art program, music, all that stuff. That stuff costs money. Doesn't have school psychologists, like all these things that you don't quote unquote have to have, but you kind of have to have in a school like ours. They cost a lot of money. And smaller class sizes, all these things that cost it, it just it's it's uh it's expensive. I mean, somebody might argue that I don't need all that stuff. I just want uh, you know, some I get a simple kind of without the without all of those um kind of special things. I just want to have give me a give me a Gemara Rebbe, a history teacher, an English teacher, a science teacher, and a math teacher, and let me go home. Um yeah, that's but you, you but you've alluded to it, John, that yeah. The, if you want to call it a modern Orthodox MTA style, there aren't that many out there. Uh, Brooklyn, which has a number of small schools like that, the, the, the level of that school, meaning the academic level, the type of kids that go there. I taught in one of those schools. I don't want to mention it here on yeah. this podcast. It was, and we competed in, uh, in, in mock trial and we competed in debate forums and I was one of their advisors. And, and when we walked into these debate things, we realized how it isn't just a low-frill version. You're right, there should be more of them, but there aren't. So for the B'nai Torah, for the, the B'nai Torah and the Yeshiva Shavelt, 
There's a lot of options, whether it's in Lakewood or Muncie or throughout Brooklyn. But for the modern Hebra, you've got, you've got the big five. I don't know, right? We just say it's Frisch, SAR, um, uh, Ramaz, uh, MTA, um, Central. If you're, of, if you're in this part, if you're in this part of town where I live, you, the, you know, the biggest places are us, Frisch, um, TABC, Maya Note, MTA, Ramaz, uh, you know, th- those are central. It gets a little bit further in Queens, I guess. But right. that, that's, and then you got the Long Island schools and the Brooklyn North Shore. Schools. Right. But- North Shore, North Shore as well. But, you know, Westchester Hebrew High School is also a small, is, is a little bit, is, is, plays a little bit of that role that we, that you may have said. But the, again, I am a, I am, a, you know, I'm a real American. Here I am on Thanksgiving celebrating certain aspects of uh, kind of market market economy. I don't know that the market, that demand is there for that um, kind of lower frills pack, sort of sort of yeshiva high school in our basic demogra- demographic because they're paying that same amount of money to go to a higher frills place, we'll call it, as they pay, but they have to go through the tuition assistance program. In other words, they want to. The market, I don't think, is 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 a is set, is set up in a way in which there's no real reason for somebody who can only afford, let's say, again, only. It sounds crazy. I feel bad saying it like this. Can afford, let's say, somebody can afford fifteen thousand dollars. Okay, so you can pay that fifteen thousand dollars to a low frills place, or you pay that fifteen thousand dollars place like SAR and get and get yourself like you know a tuition discount. What would you rather do? You, 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 of course, you'd rather go to the. I think I shouldn't say of course. The, it seems to me that people are vote. The market is saying I'd rather go to um, one of these yeshivas that have all of these um, services they can provide. Again, as I said, it's it's not and it's not just bells and whistles. It's not just like fancy buses when you're going to a sports game. It's psychologists. It's learning specialists. It's opportunities to do you know, engineering in art and like to have smaller classes and to have like, sure. you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So, like, so I think that the people, like, again, I will say now as somebody grow, again, I'm, I'm now, I am, uh, I am adult now with like, you know, children who are my youngest is in eighth grade. I remember as a child growing up, I was definitely, my, my, my father was a rabbi of a shul who taught, Hebrew school on, I remember him teaching Hebrew school on the uh, weekday, on weekday nights um, so that he could afford to pay tuition. Like, you know, and, uh, again, I, I, I wouldn't want, I, mean, my, I wasn't from a rich family. I'm like, my parents, you know, they wanted to go to, uh, I want to go what everyone else wanted. I don't want to get it. I don't, I didn't, I wouldn't want to, my parents wouldn't have wanted me to have a less frills kind of uh option than what my rich friends were having, so to speak. Like then, and I would say there's something that is, um, I, again, I, again, I, I don't want to minimize the, the problem is a real problem. And I'm worried about the tipping point as to where it becomes so challenging that everyone's really got to, you know, that might right. push us to make Aliyah. I, I worry about this stuff and I, it bothers me, but I will tell you, there's something that is again, almost like noble about the way that the, you know, the more affluent members of the community step up and help pay for those who can't afford it. And they see that as a responsibility. This is, it's not just like a, you know, how are we going to figure out how to pay for it? This is the value. You, there's a public school system where 
Everybody pays taxes. You pay taxes so that everybody can go to the same school. To a certain extent, that's what's going on in the yeshivas. It's it's they're the more the wealthier um, families are putting up more money to be able to ilu pay taxes so that the those who are less well off will be able to attend the same school. You know, something that I think is almost like noble about it. it, it and I'll say again, is it going to fall out? Is it going to fall apart? There are many people have been saying for many years it will fall apart, and maybe it will. At this point, it seems to be operating um, in a relatively healthy way, um, and I don't have any other suggestions right now. Right. Well, I, again, obviously with COVID uh, putting many people out of work and, and many people who had a lot of money, let's say in the hotel chains or other things, taking a tremendous hit, uh, during this period. Yeah. So many of these rich machers who were helping support, um, can't pay full tuition themselves anymore. And, um, in a Hanami, this year, this year was, we had to, it, the, um, tuition assistance increased significantly, um, this year for people who were, um, underemployed or unemployed. And, um, and it's also interesting. Um, our experience has been so far that people who are of means have been able to step up even more than they have in the past, recognizing that these are extraordinary times. Wow. So that's really, in a way, parallel, uh, parallel to what we see in the whole world. People really yeah. digging deep in themselves and, and, and the best part of them coming so. up. Let's, let's wrap this up here with, again, I, you know, uh, the usual tropes that you hear about the, you know, the kid who doesn't have as much but goes to the preppy school and somehow the kids know, although you, John Kroll, make it a point not to know, the kids know who can afford uh, the best type of clothing, who comes from a wealthy household. Um, do, yes. you guys, do you guys work to make sure that that doesn't happen, that there isn't some of that, uh, I don't know what you would call it, uh, uh, wealth shaming? Or, uh, or, 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 or not having money shaming, or, or a kid making sure that the kid does feel like if you do have a kid who's from a, a, a poorer background, uh, a background that is not as financially secure, are you going to make sure that the kid is going to, you know, have a is going to in well? That's, and this, that, com- this comes down to listen, uh, you know, you, I'm not going to pretend we're not living in a you know any sort of. Uh, you know, socialist society where, where everyone's going to have equal access to everything. And of course, you're going to have certain kids who are going to be coming to school in, you know, the, you know if you're wearing your Canada goose coat, that's a certain status symbol. And if you're driving a certain car, it's a certain status symbol. And I'm not, no one's going to pretend that they, all the kids know generally who would have come from families who have like, you know, more money and all that's true for sure. This is a question of just Midos in general. I mean, this is, I I don't think it's about, I don't, it's not, okay, from my experience, it's not about teaching about the wealth shaming per se directly that, because that that just raises some of the, I think some of the uncomfortable realities where there's that, where is that touch? I think it's about teaching about certain humility, modesty in general, and encouraging the development of good Midot. And if you got good Midot, then you're not like talking about that with kids. Kids aren't talking about with each other and they're not, wealth shaming and they're not um you know acting cruelly again is it going to happen of course it happens uh, that's part of like you know the nature of living in a society like ours but i think you have to try to minimize it by educating towards basic chinuch, uh, and good midot in general that's the way i look at it 
would you say that part of it, I know this is a little bit of a curveball to you, but would you say that you say it doesn't really exist, but even the little that's there, I think it could be more alleviated with a, um, a standard school uniform as opposed to everybody, you know, dressing in the, you know, in, 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 the, in the most current fashions. What do you think? Yeah, I, that's a, I like that. I, I, I've got a good eye for the thing is the most compelling argument for school uniforms. In other words, um, I think that school uniforms, like those those who argue for for sneeze reasons, okay, it doesn't work for sneeze reasons, and that that, that um, for, like, you know that that people can do whatever they want, with their, but with their with their clothing, um, they can wear different sizes, all that kind of stuff. It doesn't work for that's not an issue for sneeze. I think there is something about. Um, there is something to what you're saying. Uh, again, I, I think that I think that that if I were to be in favor of school uniform, I'm in favor of school uniform for that reason. Uh, you know, demonstrate <laughs> your um, individuality because you've got uh, in your writing and in your thinking and you're discussing. You don't have to do your individuality the way you dress. I, I, like let be be equal with people in that sense. I, I kind of like that, but I just think that you know, there there are countervailing forces that I think. Um, and and, a, and it's certainly in a school like mine where, you know, kind of like kids expressing their individuality is like a primary kind of like value in like this way the school's set up. I, I don't see, I don't see that moving in that direction, but I do think that there's, there is great merit to your suggestion. Yeah, well, and we know, even though, you know, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean uh, uh, the total elimination of differences, but I sort of like that idea. Right. Of, of a kid not even have to, having to worry about whether his penny loafers or his uh, are, are exactly the same as somebody else's. And you know, Mirza Shem, look, you know, keep on. I hate a- ending on such a uh, obvious way, but keep on doing the great work in terms of allowing the most needy uh, to be able to. Get- Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.